0: The deadline to sign Saquon has come and gone. That's right. Big Blue, the New York Giants, had their chance to sign Saquon Barkley to a long-term deal. They decided to pass, or at the end of the day, the, the two could not reach an agreement. And to talk about this and a few other topics is our ESPN NFL insider, Mike Tannenbaum, who we welcome in every week. And Mike T, again, Saquon Barkley, the two-time Pro Bowler for the Giants, one of the best running backs in the league. If he plays this year, it will be on the franchise tag. And Mike T, I know that you think the Giants should have signed Saquon Barkley, locked him up to a long-term deal. What was your biggest reasoning for being supportive of, again, a a multi-term, a multi-year deal for Saquon Barkley?
1: Um, What he does with the passing game not all running backs are created equal and uh I was really surprised that they didn't do a better job of identifying like what he does as a offensive player 40% of their offense went through uh you know Saquon so to me he transcends this running back shouldn't get paid debate
0: Yeah and Mike T I want to get into that debate a little bit later got a few questions on that but if you were the GM of the Giants what sort of number? What sort of figure do you think you would have thrown out to Saquon to try and get a long-term deal done?
1: Yeah, somewhere around twelve and a half to thirteen million. Um, I think that recognizes that he's more than just a running back. And um, again, you know, there's this big debate: should running backs get paid? And I don't think you know all running backs are created equal.
0: Mike T, what's the Giants' plan going forward? You, you mentioned that stat again: forty percent of the offense through Saquon Barkley. They lost Richie James. To the Kansas City Chiefs, not a ton of weapons for the New York Giants. They do have Darren Waller, but he's missed a whole lot of games the past few years. What's the plan moving forward in terms of of playmakers for the Giants in the upcoming season?
1: Yep, yep. No, I think it's really important that they get something done. So uh, you just hope that he shows up now. Um, that would be a really big concern if he you know misses games, just because again, what he does in the passing game is you know so consequential.
0: Again here talking about the Saquon Barkley situation with our ESPN NFL insider Mike Tannenbaum again here on ESPN one oh six three. And Mike T, give us some insight if you can about, you know, maybe what some of those conversations, some of these the latest conversations looked like in the Giants front office. You know, is it something where the owner, the GM, and the head coach come together and maybe set a hard line that they're not willing to cross? You know, give us some insight on on what that may have looked like.
1: Yeah, deadlines for action. So um, you know, you try to uh, listen, understand what the other side wants. You know, my my sense of it, uh, Cyrus is how to do a lot with like you know guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. So, I would I would figure out how to be aggressive with that. You know, he's a guy that's gotten better as a pass protector, and to me, I would have figured out a way to like again maybe go up a little bit on the guaranteed money. You know, salary caps two hundred twenty million dollars. So, you could find a million or two dollars, uh, a million or two million dollars somewhere in your cap for somebody who's so important.
0: Yeah, and Mike T., it's not like this deal was done in a vacuum, you know, outside of the other salary cap uh, considerations. The the Giants earlier this offseason gave Daniel Jones, who, an average quarterback, you know, $46 million over the next four years or per year. That's not a total. So $46 million to Daniel Jones, and then you can't find the money to pay Saquon Barkley, who... Pound for pound, better player, more valuable. You'd think than Daniel Jones. Do you think there's a, a problem with the just in the NFL marketplace, so to speak, with quarterbacks getting so so much money and there's just not enough left over to pay these other guys?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, like to be, you know, the leverage to have would not be playing. That, that's really his leverage. And Daniel Jones's case is he's a quarterback and he's harder to replace.
0: Again, here on ESPN West Palm tonight with our ESPN front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum. Of course, discussing the Saquon Barkley situation. The Monday deadline to get a long-term deal done came and went. So if he plays this coming year, he it will be on the franchise tag worth a little bit over $10 million. And Mike T., the NFL has changed contract rules in the past. I remember when Sam Bradford comes to mind and he got like $50 million guaranteed before even playing a snap in the NFL because NFL rookie contracts were just negotiated by a kind of a open season, so to speak. So do you think there's a way forward for, for the NFL to switch things around when it comes to running back contracts and make those a little bit, I guess, more uh, suitable, more agreeable? More valuable to these guys who are so important, but seemingly are, are having a hard time getting paid what a lot of th- people think they're worth.
1: I, I don't think we'll ever be in a system where that, when that happens. It's just too hard. I think what you know, the one rule that could change to me would be is you know, if you're a first round pick and you get franchise, I'm not so sure that uh, being able to franchise a player in subsequent seasons is fair because now the player has to play seven years to become a free agent. So that that seems to be a little like uh, unjust to me. So uh, that that could be a rule that changes, you know, at some point. But um, you know, some sort of like position exception. I don't I don't think we'll ever see that.
0: Speaking of holdouts, Mike T, a big time rival, maybe the biggest rival of the Giants, the Dallas Cowboys might have one on their hands as the six time All Pro guard Zach Martin came out the other day and said he thinks that he's woefully underpaid. Again, six time All Pro. Mike T., what are your thoughts on this Zach Martin situation?
1: Yeah, he's a really, really good player, and uh, he's one of those things where it's really hard to uh, quantify his impact, and um, that would be a, a significant setback if he wasn't there. But you know, typically you know, this time of year you're going to see a couple of those situations, but I think all in all uh, you would hope to think something will work out you know, by opening day
0: couple more things with our ESPN front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum. And again, Saquon Barkley, Zach Martin, a couple guys who have not put pen to paper, but one guy who did, DeAndre Hopkins, the best wide receiver on the, the free agent market, signs with the Tennessee Titans. And first off, Mike T, again, the Titans always seem to be the front runner, the Patriots and the Chiefs lurking behind them. So Mike T, were you surprised that Hopkins eventually wound up in the Music City signing with the Titans?
1: I was. I thought it was a missed opportunity for the Patriots, Cyrus. I think you New know, England really could use another weapon and maybe, you know, it's second round pick, Taekwon Thornton from a year ago, but somebody else is going to have to step up for the Patriots. Um, you know, maybe they gave us a little hint of this and they signed, uh, you know, Devontae Parker to an extension. I was surprised that they didn't add another weapon.
0: Mike T., is, is this a clear sign that the Titans are going to go with Ryan Tannehill again this year? I know that there were some rumblings that ha- he might be moved, but. The signing of Hopkins is, is a win-now move, and I imagine that win now means Ryan Tannehill versus going with second-year player Malik Willis or the rookie Will Levis. 100
1: percent, I think this was a good day for Derrick Henry. I think this was a good day for Ryan Tannehill and either Malik Willis or uh, uh, Will Levis, I think you know, they're going to be sitting for another year, which, you know, for the way the quarterback position develops, I think that's, that's okay. You know there's not, not a rush.
0: Wrapping things up with our ESPN front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum. And Mike T., all of a sudden, we're just about two weeks away from the start of the NFL season in terms of at least the preseason the the Jets and the Browns will play in the NFL Hall of Fame game. And, of course, preseason means teams rolling into to, to, to training camp. I, I know it's a long process and Rome wasn't built in the day, but what are the early indicators of a good training camp? You know, what do you want to see in the first 24, 48 hours that indicate that, yeah, this is going to be a good, positive camp, and it's going to set us off on the right foot for the coming season?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, You want to see the younger players get better. You want to see good competition. Those are the areas that you know typically to focus on.
0: And Mike T., last thing before I let you go, the Open started today taking place at Royal Liverpool Golf Club, and a lot of unfamiliar names at the top of the leaderboard, the, the, an amateur tied for first, Christo Lamprecht from South Africa, Emiliano Grillo, Antoine Rosner. Uh, not a lot of, of, the, of the typical guys you see, but Mike T., who are some of the names that, that you feel good about going into the weekend and you think can uh, can take home the victory? You know,
1: I like Rom. Obviously, Rory's played well. You know, the birdie, the eighteenth and the Scottish Open bodes well. So I, I think those two players really play, you know, their style of game really uh, portends well, you know, in links golf, and uh, really looking forward to the weekend. It should be a great, great tournament.
0: Good stuff, Mike T. As always, appreciate the time and appreciate the insight. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Open, and we'll catch up again next week.
1: Okay, thanks, Cyrus.